Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. When Peter was called to go and give a reason for going to the house of a Gentile with the gospel in the book of Acts chapter 11, he recounted how he was in a place of prayer and God came to him and God told him that go to the Gentiles house and preach the gospel but he said I, I can't do that and God said don't call unclean what I have decided to work with so he, he said well he went just after he had a vision he had a um, there were some three men who Cornelius has sent waiting for him outside so it, they told him that the men were waiting for you. So he did not hesitate. Acts chapter 11. He did not hesitate, but went with them. And he said, when he got to Cornelius' house, he started telling them the gospel. But as he spoke, whilst he was speaking, the Holy Spirit came upon them as he came upon the apostles. Is he on the screen? Yes. Yeah. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. At the beginning, when the Holy Ghost came upon them, they were, they were praying in the upper room. Praying in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And whilst they were praying, they... Um, Bible says that suddenly, and the Spirit of God came upon them, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But this is the beginning, how it came. But Gentiles were not supposed to receive the Holy Spirit according to the Old Testament. At which time will Permit me to tell you the difference between the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. The name of the God of the Old Testament is Yahweh, Jehovah, God Almighty. The name of the God of the New Testament is Yahweh, Jehovah, God Almighty. So what's different? There's a difference. Names the same. Characteristics the same. Attributes the same. Eternal, almighty, healer, attributes the same. But there is something about the God of the New Testament which is different from the God of the Old Testament. The God of the New Testament is the revealed God, explained God, defined God. The, the God of the Old Testament is the hidden God, concealed God, unexperienced God, unseen God. The God of the New Testament is the, is the expressed God. So in John chapter 1, Bible says that Jesus Christ, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Bible says the Word became flesh and we beheld 
beheld the glory of God. So Jesus was the definition. He was the expression of the invisible God. In the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, Bible says that he is the expression, the express image of his presence. Who being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his presence. And so in John chapter 6, he told them, I have been with you all this while and you don't know me. If you see me, you have seen the Father because I and the Father are one. That is the difference between the God of the Old Testament and the God. The God of the Old Testament in John chapter 1, he says that no one has seen, John chapter 1 verse 18, he said no man has seen God. No man, no one has seen God. But he is there. But no one has seen him. But Jesus came to define him, came to express him, came to see for us to see him. And so in 1 John chapter 1, Bible says that that which we have seen, that which we have handled, that which we have touched, that we declare to you. Because this God who is unseen came to be seen. And so the way he was dealing with us in the Old Testament is completely radically different from the New Testament. In the Old Testament, Gentiles are not meant to worship together with Jews. But in the New Testament, the story was different. And so even though they were born again, they were still living in Old Testamental times. They thought it's just a continuation of the Old Testament system. Little did they know that the Old Testament system was just to create the way for the New Testament church to be born. So when the church was born, they thought the church was about Jews. But the church is more than Jews. So Paul said that unto me, who was the least of the among the apostles, have this thing that was being hidden from the foundations of the earth. No, the prophets didn't even know and understand it. Because the, the whole system, I feel like preaching. The, the, the whole system about church is a mystery. How can Jews and Gentiles, people who have different or completely variant racial background, how can male and female, how can and slave and free all come together in a glorious heterogeneous union Bible says that we are one in Christ because we have one father one spirit, one baptism one faith, one hope, one calling shall we are one and so when you are born again intrinsically we have some oneness as soon as you are born again in spite of your color in spite of your status, in spite of your gender, we have oneness. Seven different types of oneness according to Ephesians chapter 4. But the, Jew, the Jewish believers who had the privilege of receiving the arrival of the Holy Spirit first did not know that the Old Testament system has changed. They didn't know that Jesus had abolished, abolished the law. Colossians chapter 2 from, from verse 14 downwards it talks about how handwriting of ordinances that were having wiped out God, Jesus I, 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 this thing is too good for my spirit he said having this talking about Jesus Christ okay for you to know that it's about Jesus go to the verse 13 talks verse 13 and you being dead in your transgressions okay that's what we used to be that's what I used to be Say that. Say that's what, that's what we used to be. And you, being dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he made alive together 
with Christ. Okay, that's why it's H, capital H, with Christ. This is, don't take this lightly, okay? Don't take this lightly because of mercy, this thing. Mercy has made this possible. Mercy, 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 mercy. Because all of us have some bad history. Even if you don't think you have bad history, somebody in your bloodline has a messy history which you are supposed to pay for. They made decisions and their children were supposed to pay for it. But so everyone, but he has forgiven us our trespasses now. So he has forgiven us who we were, who were dead in our transgressions. We were dead in our trespasses. Has he forgiven us our trespasses? Because he made us alive together with Christ. And we were dead in trespasses. Dead trespasses. Trespasses kill. And so he made us alive, having forgiven the trespasses that are responsible for the dead. And watch this. Watch this. Go to the next verse. Having wiped. You know what means that something said the death is wiped out? Clean slate. Everything wiped out. He wiped, he deleted something, just delete, wiped out. We can't find the record. It has been wiped, the email, the email records have been wiped out. There's no trace that you send that email to that brother. There's no trace that you, you know, some of you know how to wipe some history you, from, your, from your internet history. You know how to wipe and delete the history. But you know, the problem is that some of those histories, when you delete them and the police catch your computer, they they can still find out where you have been. But this one, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus wipes it, wipes it out, and there is no trace. There is no trace. There is no trace. Shall yes. I don't know what you may hold against me. I don't know what you may have against me. I don't know what you may know about my past, but I want you to know I am forgiven in Christ. And you, that's it, that's what it is. And you, and you who were dead in your trespasses, and you being, King James, um, uh, the version in Ephesians 2 puts it, and you, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, he said, and you who were, and you. Had he made a life who were dead? The same thing in trans, trespasses and say you were dead in the thing. That's the danger of religion. They ask you to do a few things that God will no ask anybody who practices any, any religion anywhere and ask them about what is the assurance you have about forgiveness of your sins. They don't have it. They say, I don't believe this. I know I, I, uh, this is what we believe. You see, let's put all that, all those issues aside and let's get to the bottom of the thing. How about your sins? There is only Bible said that they marveled and said, Who is this man who can forgive sins? In Mark, Mark chapter 2, he they brought the man who was crippled. 
And he said, son, your sins are forgiven. Right? Rise up and take. And the guys were not distracted by the rise up. They wondered, but who are you to forgive sins? They wonder, who is this man who can forgive sins? No man can forgive sins. No man. And no religion can guarantee forgiveness of sins. Because it must take God. You can't, it doesn't matter how much, how many courts you go. If you owe the bank legitimately, you can't go and say that, no, they have to wipe it off. They have to work. No, you, no courts will work for you. It is the bank who can say, we have decided to wipe it off on this condition. God decided, your sins, me, I'm going to delete it. Shout hallelujah. When someone asks you, but why are you so excited about church? Why are you making so Tell them because you have tested what it means to be forgiven. You have tested what forgiveness of sins can. Ah, it feels so good. You can sleep so well. You are, that's why he said, he who the sun sets free is free. <laughs> Hold on. I said this a time ago. When someone breaks out from prison, a prison break, the person breaks out from prison or runs away from prison, and is in town, is the, pers- the person is free, isn't he? He's not confined. He can see the red buses and everything. He is free, but every little time, he hears something looks behind him. He, he's free, but not free indeed. But my Bible says, he who the son says free is free indeed. Son free indeed. Son free indeed. They may not appreciate why we shout. They may not appreciate why we sing. They may not appreciate why we love this more than football. They may not appreciate why we're so excited and we spend time in God's house. They may not, but we know we have been forgiven. We have been forgiven our trespasses. That's the, one of the biggest news that can happen to you. Your debts can, I, I, I like this one. Your debts can be cancelled, but listen, if when your debts are cancelled and you are still guilty, you cannot sleep peacefully. Your debts can be cancelled but how about your sins? How about your sins? When someone says, I'm an atheist, I don't believe, ask them, how about your guilt? What are you going to do about your guilt? What guilt are you talking about? I said, the guilt you know. The guilt you know. What you going to do about that guilt? Yeah, you don't believe, I don't believe in God and all No problem, no problem. But there's a conundrum here. There's, a, there's an issue here. There is there's, there's a complication here. What you going to do about your guilt? It's only Christ that can forgive sins. So let me finish what I started. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. And he says that, so he has, verse 13, and you being dead in your transgressions, in your transgressions and uncircumcision of your flesh, has he made alive uncircumcision of your flesh? That's where the Jews had the problem. The Jews had the circumcision is for the covenant people. 
And this, some of us were not in covenant. In fact, Ephesians calls us, we have said, Ephesians chapter 2 said, we are aliens, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. We were strangers. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. He said, we were foreigners. It says that, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of prophets, having no hope without God in this world. That's the most miserable state anyone can be in. Be alive without God. It is a, it's the highest risk. You are very hopeless. To be alive without God, hopeless. Why would you want to buy a house in a, 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 a safari where the animals live, the lions? How would you want to buy a house there? You will not live to enjoy the house. Lions will live to enjoy your life. <laughs> Without God, you are miserable. Without God, it's risky. Without God, you are very hopeless. And he said, that's what we were. So don't be surprised that you may have more money than me. You may have better job than me. You may have other things I may not have externally, materially, physically. But there's something I may have which you don't have. I have God. I have God. I have God. You don't know where you go when you die, but I do. But I do. But I do. But I do. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are. You're going to die. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are. Some of the sicknesses your, your wealth cannot take care of. But I have hope. I have hope because I, I don't know what the future holds. But I know he who holds the future. Shout, I am forgiven. Please, let me, let me, let me finish. I'm, I'm talking about calling your house. I, I, I will. I will. And, and so he says that we were, but has he forgiven us our transgressions? Verse 13 again, please. Has he forgiven us our transgressions? Now watch this. When he, for, he forgot, verse 14. Having wiped, having wiped the handwriting of requirements that's, that was against us, which were contrary to, do you know what that means? The thing these this are handwritings of requirements. They are not evil things, though. When you are going to apply for a job or apply, and say, this is the requirement, is it wrong? You can't say the, what your, the requirements are wrong. No, that's the requirement for the job. You want to be a mathematician, and they say, at least you must have O-level mass. Is that a wrong requirement? <laughs> There's not. So, so, if you want to be employed as, uh, as a salesperson, but you don't like talking to people, you don't like meeting people, that means it's not the requirement that is wrong, but you are the wrong person trying to get that job. So the requirements are right. These are handwriting of requirements. And uh, uh, I think King James, uh, King James said, handwriting of ordinances. It has been ordained. Bible says, Jesus Christ came. The things that are written in the law, that is really contrary to you. The law is not against you, but you are so bad that when you bring you close to the law, it's bad news. Bad news. The law was killing you. And Bible says that Jesus Christ, he has forgiven our transgressions, made us alive, having wiped off the ordinances that were 
requirements that was against us, which was contrary to your destiny. That thing is not working for you. Jesus said, this thing is not working for them. He forgave you your sins, made you alive, and wiped out. Because the requirements of the law that were against you, not that the law is against you, but you are so bad, you and I as Gentiles, even Jews couldn't keep the law. Let alone you, uncircumcised Philistine. <laughs> so, having wiped out and has, and has taken it out of the way, say the way. That's not in your way again. There's no law making demands on you. Having nailed it to the cross. And so, when Jesus did this, the door, has, the curtain was torn from top to bottom. I think uh, Matthew 27, 53 or so, somewhere there. The curtain was torn on the cross when Jesus said, it is finished. The curtain is so high, no man can go climb out there. And, it's God himself held it at the top and ripped it apart. Wow, because now you can come behind the veil. It's not only Jews. Gentiles and Jews can come to me behind the veil. That is why Paul in Hebrews, people dispute who wrote even but Paul in Hebrews 4, 6, 16, he said, therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so when God, it was time, watch that, when it was time for God to break out into the gentle reason he sent Peter and Peter went and as he was talking he told them about the history of the God of the Old Testament how things you see you need to know the God of the Old Testament to understand the God of the New Testament you know you have to see how he works his attributes are much more defined in the Old Testament but clearly seen in the New Testament so if you want to understand how God works Praise and worship. Why does God need praise and worship? Check what he did with praise and worship in the Old Testament. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So he, he went and then started telling them about the Old Testament. Took it and explained things to them. But Bible says that whilst he was speaking, Acts chapter 10 verse 44. Whilst Peter yet speak this word, King James. Whilst Peter yet speak. The, and I know as I am speaking. Whilst I am speaking. <laughs> Whilst Peter yet speak these words, the Holy Ghost that fell upon all them which had the word. And now the, the Jews were confused. That, uh, how can God come to these people? Too? So the next verse, and the Jews, the circumcised, they are the, the, the covenanted people. As many as came with Peter, and all and day of the circumcision, the covenant which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the Holy Ghost has also been poured upon the Gentiles, the Gentiles too. No, they are not supposed to receive. So it just brought a problem in the Jerusalem, the headquarters. So they summoned Peter and they said, Acts chapter 11, why did you go to a Gentile? He said, this is my vision. And I ended up there. But when I went there and I was speaking, Acts eleven fifteen, 15, and as, as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost decided to come. This is not religion. It's a Holy Ghost move. I don't have a say in it. If I had my way, I would have blocked them. I would have blocked him from coming. No, but he told them, guys, you have to understand. Whilst I was speaking, the, the, Holy, Ghost, the Holy Ghost decided to come join my speaking. 
But what was, what was beautiful is in Acts chapter uh, 2, the Bible said they were together praying and the Holy Ghost came. This one, they were not praying. They were hearing the word. They were hearing the word. And so when they were hearing the word, the Holy Ghost came. Acts eleven fifteen. The Holy Ghost came and Peter said, he came, Acts eleven fifteen on us. The way he fell on us, the same way he came on this, just like the beginning. What differed was we were praying and they were hearing the word. But it is the same. Look at the next verse. I like this one. Then remembered I the word of the Lord. How he said, John baptized with water. But not many days. Then I remembered. See, that's why you need the word of God in your system. So when God is moving, you can actually make references. But if you don't already have a word of God in your system, someone, a, 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 a fetish priest, uh, and a chief imam will come and prophesy to you. Say, oh, what, what he said was true. God is really with him. God is really, you don't have the word. I'm about to enter into the era of prophecy. So we are getting somewhere now. <laughs> so he said, and I remembered what Jesus said. In, in certain times, in times, you must remember what Jesus has spoken to you through your man of God. You must remember. You must remember. One of the testimonies, one of the ladies was talking about how I remembered what pastor said. I remember what pastor spoke. So I decided that, no, after I've prayed, I'm going to expect positive things and speak the positive one and speak what I've prayed about. I won't pray one thing and go out and say different thing. If I pray that I'm going to have a good husband, then I'm not going to say, nowadays, no one can have a good husband. So why, so why are you praying that prayer? I, you won't pray one thing and talk another thing. So she decided that, as pastor said, I'm going to start walking. You always need a red reference. So you understand why people who come under satanic attack sleep when the word is being preached? That's Satan's favorite hotspot. Because you have to sleep when the word is being taught. Because God can't do anything without the word. So as long as he can steal the Bible says in John Mark chapter uh, 8. The, so the Bible says that when the word was sown, the one that fell by the wayside, the Bible says immediately Satan came and stole the word. In Mark chapter 8. So Satan looks for the people who, when they are listening to the word, they are looking at someone's hairstyle. They are concentrating on someone screaming. They are concentrating on unnecessary things. And as soon as the word is heard, they still say, so they leave the church, they've forgotten everything. And so in the time when God is about to bless them, he says, okay, bring your coupon, which is your word reference. I don't have a coupon. I don't have a word reference because your coupon has been stolen by the devil. But I say that no more, no more will the devil have the akadababa. No more will the enemy have the chance to take away the word you have heard because it is the word that will deliver. It is the word that will produce. It is the word that will guarantee your Lord and your approach, your portion. Shout yes. Acts eleven seventeen. <laughs> this guy's talking like a lawyer now. He said, "If, if therefore, uh, if therefore God gave them the same gift as He gave to us when we believed the Lord Jesus, who was I that I could say, God, no? Who is man? 
when God chooses to say it's your turn. You are too worried about who doesn't like you. That's your problem. You are too worried about who doesn't like you. Who is saying, drop that. Because when God says it's your turn, even not an apostle Peter, <laughs> not an apostle Peter can say that, no, no, no. He said, who, who was I? Who was I? If God has decided to give these people the Holy Ghost, just as he gave to us when we believed in Jesus, who was I? But how did this happen? This is a good one. I'm, I'm ending on this. Iraka, Ika, Imagana, Saka, Kadama. Listen. Listen. You see, verse 17 again. It's interesting. Therefore, God, who did this for us, when he decided to do it for them, who was I to do what? How could I, who was I to withstand God? What, did he, what is he talking about, withstanding God about? Giving the Holy Spirit to the Gentiles. So, but if God wanted to do it, why must he engage Peter? Shouldn't he do it, go ahead and do it anyway? Because Peter has a problem of the people receiving. They are not supposed to. So why must you go through Peter? Because God always have agents on ground. When we're in Graceland, I wanted us to upgrade our speakers. You like what I'm about to say, because some of you have experienced that before. I wanted us to upgrade our speakers. And, you know, in the internet age, everything is on the internet. So I went on the internet and searched for the manufacturers. And I saw different types which we can get. But one, one of the things that some of you must know, some of you do Amazon shopping is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, hey, I'm talking about professional equipment. They do, you don't see price. The manufacturers don't tell you the price. You call them, they said they'll put you through to an agent, a distributor, a dealer. They said, you want to buy from us? Sorry, we can't supply to you. We have people on ground. You need your prophet. Oh. <laughs> you need an authorized dealer from God, licensed by God. Certified to come and deliver your testimony. And I'm pleased to announce to you that I stand here as an authorized dealer, an authorized prophet to speak over your life, to demand a change in your situation, to demand a turnaround in your situation. I speak your liberty. I speak your relief. I speak your miracle. I speak your blessings. I speak your breakthrough. Now! faster than you thought, quicker than you thought. I stand here as a prophet of God. I stand here as an apostle in this commission. I stand here as one ordained by God, called by God, anointed by God to set the captives free for the liberty of humanity. I stand here and I speak over your marriage. I speak over your health. 
I speak over your finances. I speak over your family. I speak over your spiritual life. I speak over your ministry. I demand resurrection. I demand resurrection. I command resurrection. I speak peace in your marriage. I speak peace in your health. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe it, shout yes, Lord. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, as your servant begins to speak. Pray that prayer. Let what you have packaged for me get into my life. Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer right now. Pray and ask God, God, speak to me. Speak to me. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' name. And everyone who believes, shout a living amen. amen. Come on, clap your hands. Give the Lord a big, big, big shout. If you are not saved, you are not safe. Because life is dangerous. Life is not under your command. I don't see why I should end this service without giving you an opportunity to say, Yes, Lord. Pastor, pray with me because I want to have this bread. It means I want to put all my confidence in him, all my hope in him. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your genuine desire, just lift up your hand and say this after me. Say it genuinely from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I ask you to forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to save me. From today, I will serve you. I believe in you. I put all my hope in you. I put my faith in you as my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. I make a vow with you that I will serve you all the days of my life. Satan, get behind me. I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you know your sheep and your sheep know your voice. No one can come to you except your father brings him. I pray that let your grace be upon them. Help them to be strong. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you to be a strong Christian. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.